Welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast with Gemma and Makala. We're both coaches and entrepreneurs, passionate about teaching you how to set up and run your coaching business, create more time and manage your mind. Because you're changing the world, one mind at a time. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Freedom to Coach podcast. The podcast for coaches who are looking for more time and freedom in their businesses so they can keep on coaching. Now, before we start, I just want to add a quick little disclaimer that the information in this episode may be more applicable and specific to our US listeners. However, it does still contain amazing general advice for all of our listeners. It's Makala here with you today with a special guest, Carla Motes. So, Carla, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm glad to be here. That is my absolute pleasure. Now, the reason I've asked Carla to come on the podcast today is we're going to talk a bit about financial adulthood in your coaching business and being really proactive, I guess, um, with your finances. So, Let's start with, Colette, tell us a bit about what it is you currently do. Uh, I am a fractional CFO and a business coach for female entrepreneurs. And uh, so fractional CFO is um, basically for businesses that need some financial guidance, but they can't afford or they don't need a full-time CFO. So I work, um, you know, largely with entrepreneurs in the high six figures, um, and then I also work with um, some coaches that are, you know, that are starting out and helping them put um, financial foundations in place, because a lot of the coaches that are coming to me at the at the higher revenue range, they're coming to me because they never built those financial foundations, um, you know, at the lower income levels. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I do. Awesome. And what did you do before you became a coach? I was a former CPA. Um, I passed the CPA exam a gazillion years ago. Um, And then I've done 30 years in corporate consulting um, and CPA firms. Um, I spent 15 years as a corporate controller. Um, I've done served as a controller for companies from you know, a few million dollars up to um, a business that had, you know, three businesses for about $200 million. So a lot of my background is in um, helping businesses grow their top and their bottom line, um, figure out how to make more profit, um, figure out for their goals they have, what strategies they need to to accomplish them. Awesome. And what brought you into that industry? Um, I have always had it. I've always... I've always had an intuitive sense for numbers. Um, I think what I really like is the intersection of finance and strategy. So, you know, I always tell people I'm the most fun accountant that you know, um, because I'm not, I don't really consider myself a bean counter, but what I really enjoy is is using the numbers to help uh, entrepreneurs or CEOs use those numbers to make decisions um, in their business. Awesome. And what prompted you to then become a coach? I actually found coaching a few years ago um, when I was dealing with some, um, you know, mindset and 
and actually some depression. I found, I found coaching that way. And I dabbled in a couple of different areas. And then I basically just kind of stepped into my expertise and, and take my expertise in finance. Now I started, you know, talking to a lot of up and coming coaches and realized there was a real need for like financial education, financial literacy. And then over time I've evolved into like this virtual fractional CFO role where I'm really helping, um, you know, high achieving female entrepreneurs, who've learned how to make money, but they are ready for the next big thing, but they have neglected a lot of their financial systems. Um, and they, you know, they, they need to get all that cleaned up in order for them to take the next big step. Awesome. So tell us a bit more about the systems that, that our listeners, that our coaches really should have in place right from the start. I think the first one is to have a separate bank account. That's the one thing I see um, as a lot of coaches will have a personal bank account and they will be paying business expenses or they'll do it for the first, you know, and, oh, until they'll say until I make money or until I'm turning a profit from the get go, get a separate bank account. It's not complicated. Just walk into your local branch um, and you don't have to have your LLC or anything. They think it took me five minutes to open my account. So I think that's the first thing is because you want to keep your business and your personal separate. Um, mm -hmm. I think the second thing is to get a bookkeeping system. Um, and this is where I go on my soapbox and I tell people a shoebox or a file folder is not a bookkeeping system. Um, so it um, it can be a spreadsheet. Um, it can be, you know, there's waves out there. There's, there's a few different options, but you need to have a bookkeeping system because what you don't want to do. And I think this is unique. I, I, I find in, in all the businesses that I've worked with over the years, one of the things I've really find that's unique to coaches is that a lot of coaches wait to do their books until like February or March when they're waiting on that tax guy and they say, oh, well, I need to go get all my tax records together. You really want to be keeping your books throughout the year so you know where you stand so that the amount of money that you owe for taxes and the amount of profit you made doesn't come as a surprise to you. So keep your business and the personal separate, find a bookkeeping system and be looking at your finances you know, throughout the year, not waiting until the end of the year. Your tax man is not your bookkeeper. That's kind of the what I like to tell people. Mm -hmm. So when people are looking at their finances throughout the year, what, what do they need to look for? Like what are the key, I suppose, indicators of business success that you're doing the right thing? I think we all define success differently. I think obviously for, I think for coaches, one of the things that you find is a, is a predominant focus on revenue. So what you want to know each month is how much money did I bring in? How much expenses went out? And then what I'm left with is my, you know, is my profit. So you want to know what your revenue is. You want to know what your profit is and you want to know what your profit margin is and your profit margin is just your profit divided by your revenue. And your profit margin is basically a measure of how much of every dollar you're keeping. And, and actually coaching by itself, particularly one-on-one -on -one, is a very high profit business. Um, you can make upwards of 80, 90%, um, where a typical, you know, say a retail business might be squeaking out at 20 or 30%. Um, and one of the things I often see with coaches is they're investing in their own, in their own coaching, their own personal development. Yeah. And so often, you know, they're like, why well, lost money? Um, and it's one thing if you're losing money because it's an intentional decision. Um, but in most cases, 
they're waiting until after the end of the year, they're summing all their expenses up. And that's when they're realizing, you know, that they've lost money. So it's, um, you know, know each month how much revenue you have coming in, how, know what you spend going out, know your profit margin, and then set a profit goal. Almost most coaches will set a revenue goal without any hesitation. But what I find is very few will actually intentionally set a profit goal that says, um, if I make $100,000, what do I want my profit to be? They just, you know, they bring the money in, they spend it, they spend it, and then whatever's left is kind of their profit. You want to really, you want to flip that equation over really and say, I'm going to make 100000 I want to net seventy. So I have $30,000 to spend on my expenses. And again, one-on-one -on -one coaching has a low barriers to entry. It doesn't have a lot of infrastructure requirements. We typically don't have an office. We have a few technology needs, but our, our expense base, aside from things like coaching programs, is actually quite low. So, mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, you just want to have a process where you're doing it. You know, I, I tell people set aside an hour every month to do your books. Um, and so that you know exactly where you stand each month. And so what advice do you give people about paying themselves? Like, is the idea that the profit is what you're paying themselves? Or I'm just asking, because in the system that I use, I actually have a percentage that I pay myself. And then I have like my profit percentage as well, which is like my quarterly bonus, I guess. So what well, do you suggest I think it's great to pay yourself um, something in the beginning, even if it's a small amount. I think congratulations that you're paying yourself because most, um, most especially new coaches, are not doing that. From a accounting and tax perspective, if you um, if you're filing as an LLC, um, there's basically two ways you file your taxes. You either file as a sole proprietor on your Schedule C of your tax return, and this is obviously for U.S. taxpayers, or you file as an S corp. If you're an S corp, you are required as an S corp to pay yourself a reasonable salary and you need to consult your your tax accountant to help you set that amount and you pay yourself that salary um, and it's deductible to the business and there are there are some tax advantages to that but even if you're a sole proprietor even though you're not really going to pay yourself a like a w-2 wage you can still pay yourself um like a, a a draw every you know every month even if you're hmm. only making Let's just say you're making twenty five thousand. Maybe it's only two hundred and fifty dollars a month, but just being in the habit of paying yourself before you pay anybody else is a really important, um, you know, fundamental thing to start doing. Um, because as you get to be, you know, two hundred and fifty, five hundred thousand, a million dollars, you've already built that habit, um, and and now it's just a matter of adjusting, you know, the amount that you're paying yourself. Mm -hmm. So when people come to hire a bookkeeper. What is it that they need to look for? I think the biggest thing they need to look for is experience. Um, bookkeeping, um, just like we talk about coaching, isn't certified. Bookkeeping isn't certified either. Um, you can literally go take a $497 class on the internet and never having had any bookkeeping experience and you can hang out your shingle. So I've actually been interviewing a lot of bookkeepers for my own business lately. And I ask them, you know, how much experience do they have? Um, I ask them specific questions about that experience. I'm interested in where they got their training. You know, where did you work? Um, have they Are they completely self-taught, particularly if they don't have any type of accounting background? Are they self-taught, meaning they took, you know, a $497 class off the internet? Or did they work for a CPA firm for five or six years, in which case they've probably been very grounded in some basic processes? Um, I want to get clear on exactly what the deliverables are. I have a client... Um, 
right now who was paying um, about $1,600 a month for weekly bookkeeping. And when I came in and I started to look at her system, I was like, you're, they're not doing your books on a weekly basis. You're, she was paying for it weekly. They were literally coming into her account, taking money out every week, but they were only doing their work once a month. So you want to get really clear on what the expectations are. What is it that you need? I mean, if you're a newer coach, you may only need something once a month, in which case don't be paying for something that they say they're going to do every week if you only need it once a month. So what's their experience? Where have they been trained? And get really clear on specifically what services. And I would also say, make sure you know what you need. Most bookkeepers will bundle services together um, and they will give you a flat rate. But in many cases, coaching is a pretty, some, the dynamics of the business are pretty simple and you mm -hmm. don't need a lot of extras. You know, you need a profit and loss statement. You know, you need somebody to, to bring your, your um, bank transactions in and get them categorized and you need them to reconcile your bank account. That's really, you know, that's really all you need. Um, and so you don't need to be paying for lots of bells and whistles um, that you, that you don't need. And with the accounting software, um, I'm guessing this is a yes, but I just want to put it out there for our listeners anyway. So do you recommend that people get their accountant or a bookkeeper to actually set up the accounting software for them? Like if they use a package like, um, I mean, in Australia, we've got Xero, we've got QuickBooks, that sort of thing. Yeah, if you're going to use, well, so first of all, most of your bookkeepers, um, if they're efficient, they are probably using one system because they build all, they build all their processes. So you're probably going to find somebody that, who either does QuickBooks or they do Xero. Zero. Um, QuickBooks is more popular in the States. Xero is more popular in Canada, um, Europe, and, the UK, and, um, and Australia. But they probably have all their systems built around one system. And in many cases, if you're on another system, they are going to get you to migrate to their system. Um, but yes, if you're getting ready to go um, to use QuickBooks. I think that's one of the things that the people that I run into that bring me QuickBooks, it's a mess. It's often because they try to set it up themselves and they didn't understand it. And, and QuickBooks likes to say, and Zero the same thing, that, you know, that it, it doesn't need an accounting background, but it, it it, it presumes some level of knowledge. It has a learning curve. If you don't really understand what you're doing, you could actually, you know, just complicate things. So most of these bookkeeping firms will charge a, a one-time setup fee. Um, but I would also say most coaches don't need QuickBooks or, um, or zero. They're just not, you know, once you get into like course creation where you have a lot of transactions maybe, but for the most part, um, I would say the typical one-on-one -on -one coach um, and even a small group coach, unless you have a lot of transactions running through your account, you really don't need QuickBooks. You don't need the complexity. Um, there are simpler options that you can go through um, that you can either maintain on your own or you can find people, you know, that support those. Mm -hmm. So Carla, what's, what's the one question that you get asked over and over by your clients? The one question I I get asked um, is just what kind of help me pick a bookkeeping system. Um, more often than not, what they do is they come to me and they're like, I don't have any kind of system. I'm preparing for my taxes and ready to rip my hair out. I need some kind of system. So a lot of times that's what they need is they need, they go in and they start looking at the QuickBooks systems of the world or the zero systems of the world and they get really overwhelmed. Mm. And so 
back to their shoe box and, and then they're like, okay, now I need to go through my shoe box and I need to get straight now and I need to give it to the tax person. And so they want to know how to categorize expenses, you know, how do I get ready for the tax guy? Um, and so, you know, um, I think that's the thing, you know, why I say in the beginning, up, to, up at the beginning, go ahead and pick out your bookkeeping system, which like I said, it can be a spreadsheet and it just needs to be something where you can enter the transactions, put them in an expense category, distinguish expense from revenue and, and know, you know, my revenue versus my expenses to my profit. Yep. And what do you, what do you see as one of the biggest mistakes that your clients make? I think um, particularly with um, newer coaches, um, they're treating their business like a hobby and not yeah. like a business. I think that's a big thing um, is that, and it, it is something that, you know, I've worked with people in a lot of different small business fields and it's really noticeable, particularly in the coaching space is they're mingling personal and business and they're taking, you know, they're going two, three years before they're, you know, really doing any kind of bookkeeping. And so you need to treat your business like a business, not like a hobby. And the ways you do that is you pick a bookkeeping system. You All the things we talked about earlier, you keep a bookkeeping system, yeah. you separate your business from your personal you don't wait, you do not wait for your tax guy at the end of the year to tell you how much money you're making. You always know, go out to any other entrepreneur and you, and you, and you would, add, if you went to any other type of business out there and you said, um, why don't you just not keep any books all year and wait and let your tax guy tell you at the end of the year, how much you made and, and uh, no other businesses really do that. And I think a lot of times for, for coaches, the reason they're doing that is coming from a fear of the numbers um, or even a lack of belief that they're going to eventually, you know, they're going to be able to make a sustainable business out of this. And it's really a mindset shift when you, tr when you treat your business like a business, it just, it manifests in all different areas of how you approach your business. Mm. Absolutely. So tell me what's one of the most important lessons that you've learned in your coaching business? Um, I think for, even for me as an accountant, one of the most important things, which I've really done this year, is to set an intentional profit goal. Um, I think, um, you know, as as coaches, we 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 have been trained right to invest in ourselves, and we often have, you know, a mastermind that we're participating in, or a conference we're going to, and that's or a one-on-one -on -one coach that we've hired, and that's where a lot of our expenses go. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but you want to set an intentional profit goal. If you're losing money and you don't want to lose money. Um, then it's because you're not really setting at the beginning of the year a goal. And that's one of the things I did this year. I have a revenue goal, but then I have a profit goal that says I want to make 50% profit this year. I want to keep 50 cents out of every dollar that I bring in. And when I do that, um, I you just become more intentional in the decisions that you're making. So when the, the next shiny object comes up, you know, the conference that, you know, all your friends are going to, um, or the coach that you saw, it's like, oh, that program looks really interesting. You're now able to really vet and make an intentional decision that says, well, if I do this, you know, what's it going to do to my profit? And I actually run a mastermind. Um, and we have all of our members this year doing that, setting revenue and setting a profit goal. And all of them have commented about what a mindset shift it's been to, to have that intentional profit goal. And that intentional profit goal, by the way, can be to break even. It's mm -hmm. not about the goal you set. It's about the process 
of setting that goal and making intentional decisions about how you're using the money that comes into your business. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love that. So are there any other sort of points that you wanted to make or lessons that you wanted to share with our audience on this topic? I think it's just, you know, um, from the get go, you are, um, I think coaches, coaches become coaches because they want to help people. So they tend to put the, the financial piece kind of to the side. I hear from coaches a lot. Well, it's really not about the money and um, yeah. tracking your money or setting a profit goal doesn't mean it's all about the money, but it, if, if you, if one of your goals in being a coach is to have a business, you just, you have to treat your business like a business um, and set up some very basic financial processes and systems in the beginning that can grow with you. Um, and I think when you do that, again, I think it's just a mindset shift that it that it appears in all different areas of your business, helps you ultimately grow your business and just knowing your numbers, um, you know, it's, it's just, it, it allows you to use your, your resources in, in such a much more effective way than waiting when, you know, once a year, you know, to see how all the numbers shake out. Mm. And it is, it, it can be a scary thing to sit down and look at your numbers because like I've, I coached some coaches and, you know, it's, it's scary to sit down and look and see that, you know, your expenses might be outweighing your income at this point in time or, but the, the magic really does lie in, in having that knowledge and having that, um, having the data. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like, you know, I can, I actually came to coaching through, through weight loss where one of the things they teach you is that that they deal with is scale drama. It's very similar. I mean, people get on the scale and they make that number on the scale means something about them. And I think um, you can't, that, that number you have, whether it's your revenue or profit, it's just a number. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean anything start to have thoughts about it and so i i do think it's a fear and yes you have power in just in knowing your numbers and realizing that um whether you know the numbers or not the numbers are what they are so if you're losing twenty thousand dollars whether you sit down and look at the number and acknowledge that you're losing twenty thousand and decide whether that's what you really want or you ignore it the number is still there the only thing is you're just ignoring that number. Um, and so, yeah, I think you. I think when you start to know your numbers, every, I've never had a person who I've sat with and helped them understand their numbers um, that has said at the end, well, man, I wish I really hadn't done that. I'd like, <laughs> to, go back to, I'd like to go back to not knowing. In, in no matter whether they consider it good news or bad news, they find it empowering to yeah. be able to now have that knowledge and then decide, you know, what they want to do with it. And in some cases they say, you know, I'm okay with losing money right now. I mean, there are, particularly with coaches who have a day job or mm-hmm. have a high income day job, particularly, they might actually want their coaching business in the beginning to lose money because it provides them a you know a tax write-off. But um, so it's not about whether you, you are making money or losing money. It's about, are you doing it for the reasons that you really, that you want to do it? So, nice. it, it, you know, it, it's really the process is what I really want to emphasize. It's not about the number. It's about the process and making it um, intentional as opposed to accidental. Yes. I love that. Carla, tell us a bit about um, where we can find you online. 
I'm over. I spend most of my time now on LinkedIn. You can also find me on Facebook or you can check out my website um, at www.carlamotes.com. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook at Carla Motes Coaching. That's where you can find me. And I'd love you to, you know, feel free, you know, we, on both of those places, you can find ways to reach out and connect with me personally. And, and I'd be happy to talk to you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, I was going to ask if you had like one key message um, to that you'd like our listeners to take away with them. But I think as you keep saying over and over again, it really is treat your business like a business and not a hobby. Yeah. Don't let them, don't let the numbers scare you. Um, I, the, the numbers are just the numbers um, and the numbers can be your friend. They're not going to hurt you. Um, and knowledge is power. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Carla. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about how we can give you the freedom to coach, then check out our website, www.freedomtocoach.com.au. Until next time, take care and keep on coaching.